What's up, everybody? It's Jason with Founders BR, and I'm super excited to share with you today's episode as we sit down with Marie Powell. She is the founder and president of Brew Agency and is doing some pretty amazing things in the community. She has started an organization that has significantly grown in the last nine years, and she's done it from the ground up. Uh, Very impressive person, super excited that I got the opportunity to share with her, and I think you're going to really enjoy today's content. So without further ado, check it out. This is Jason with Founders BR, excited for our guest today, Marie Powell. She is the president and founder of Brew Agency, and uh, super happy to have you on here today. Uh, Thanks again. Oh, you're welcome. Absolutely. Happy to be here. Good, good, good. So uh, for those who don't know, maybe tell us a little bit about Brew and and what you do. Sure. Brew Agency is a branding and advertising agency. We're full service, pretty much serving anyone and everyone's marketing needs. We serve high growth companies, entrepreneurs, business leaders uh, looking to really evolve and grow their brands. Branding is really the core of what we do, and it really drives everything, every marketing decision we make really always goes back to the brand and the strategy for your brand. Makes sense. So how did you, how did Brew start about? What's the origin story of of Brew? So I started Brew uh, 10 years ago, almost to the day. And out of my house, I really was like, I had two young kids at the time and uh, decided that I wanted to work for myself so that I could set my own schedule and make my own hours and really be there for my kids when they needed me. So I had left, you know, the sort of full-time agency life and started my own thing. And I found that, you know, it was interesting. I was working a lot of nights from about nine to one o'clock in the morning was my best time to work. That's, that's your power. That's your it power was, time. Yeah. It was great when my kids were two and four years old. Right. 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 Sleep, so it was great. And <laughs> it's the only time it's quiet. That's it. So it was just me for the first three years working out of my house. And I knew, you know, when I started to get really busy one year, I knew I needed to get some help. And um, at that point was really when I decided to make the shift from being more of a freelance art director and graphic designer to really wanting to grow an agency. And I also knew too that, you know, I wanted to create something different. I wanted a different model. I didn't want the traditional work hours. And, you know, I really wanted to create something that would give people a flexible mobile work environment because I didn't really have that in my first half of the career of my career. Yeah. That was really sort of the reason and the purpose for why I and how I've built this company. It's awesome to hear. You know, I talk I talk with so many different people and they talk about making that change from where you were part of a larger enterprise and then stepping out and doing that. I can imagine with a two year old and a four year old. Yes. I'm guessing that sounds scary. <laughs> it was it was frightening, but it was it was the right time. And yes. it was just, you know, circumstances did push me into yeah. that situation. Yeah. And it was the best thing that ever happened to me. That's you awesome. Know, actually, my husband was working out of town at the time, so it was even more stressful, but it really was kind of the right the right time. And I had been wanting to do it for a while. I kind of always knew that this is what I needed. Yeah. How do you find that courage to take that leap? Like, where does it come from? How do you find that superpower that says, okay, now is the time. I'm going to do this. Well, so the truth, the real truth of the way it happened was that I, I got laid off from a job. Yeah. It was the recession Sometimes of 2009. Somebody else gives you the push. That's right. It was right <laughs> when the economy was starting to tank and back in 2009 and I, I lost my job and yeah. 
you know, I left my job that day crying and very upset. And by that same afternoon and that same day, I made a few phone calls and I had my first job lined up that afternoon. And I never looked back. (laughs) So I've had not a day without work ever since. That's amazing. And I've talked to so many people too, where it's, the circumstances, what seems like a bad thing, yeah. turns into some of the, something that's been the best thing that could, that yeah, could happen. Yeah, absolutely. It's what you do with it. You know, yeah. I could have gone home and crawled in a hole, but right. yeah. that's not who I <laughs> Got am, into so. a ball, got underneath a blanket, and yeah. you say, What's, I'll wait for something to happen to me. Right. That's pretty cool, Marie. So you start it, you go for three years, you're working in you know, freelancing, you kind of then get to a point where, okay, I need, some, I need some support, I need to get branched out. You take that step and you, you go from being a solopreneur to a truly an entrepreneur now with a team, what was that transition like to where now it's not just you, but now you bring folks on, you have responsibility for others. Tell me about the little bit about that transition. So that was a great transition. I think one of the things that I really am the most proud of and, and sort of how I've grown the company uh-huh. has been that I've been really, really smart with making decisions and, and moving very slow. Yeah. You know, I, I didn't try to grow the company too fast. I just only kind of took what I knew I could handle and the decisions I made, you know, I didn't just go hire someone full time and big salary and start right. out like that. And right. I just really, I hired a, another freelancer. So it was smart because I could essentially make money from the hours that this person was working. And there wasn't a whole lot of added cost, you know, associated with it, which when you do have overhead and a business, which we have now. Right. Those things can be really demanding. Mm-hmm. And that at that time was just kind of the first step to make it easy to kind of feel it out and see. Yeah. And the coolest thing about that was that that, that person, Christina Blanchard, um, okay. is actually I was, still I was here with me okay. today. Yeah. That's awesome. Okay. So it's been about eight years, I think, since, not seven years since we brought her, since so, we connected. Got it. So you bring on Christina. So, and I'll make an assumption. A lot of times I find you have a forte. And you bring somebody else. What was the strategy behind Christina? Like, tell me about how that, that um, balance works. She actually was a graphic designer at the, at the time. And she still yeah. is, but she doesn't do that anymore so much yeah. with us now. Mm-hmm. But we had a lot of design work. Yeah. So that was my background. I was a graphic okay. designer. We were, you know, creating marketing materials, websites, yeah. logos, brand identities, and things like that. Yeah. And that was the work that I had at that time. That was how we started. Very right. much on the creative side of advertising. Mm-hmm. And she really supplemented the work that I was doing so that I could offload some stuff and take on more projects. That's awesome. So she comes in, you bring the balance, and now you go from being one to two. And how many people do you have now? Ten. Okay. That's awesome. Yes. Congratulations Thank on that. You. That's fantastic. So two to ten. So as a leader of your organization, now that there's multiple people with multiple hats and multiple directions, how do you motivate your team? How do you keep people moving to the beat of that drum? Like what's what's your style and and, and leading your team? What'd you say? So that's a great question. I think this part of running brew and and being a leader of an organization like this, it's, it's been my biggest growth opportunity in the last couple of years. I think really I've done a lot of classes and yeah. groups and networking yeah. and getting yeah. involved in the community to help sort of meet other business owners and get to know other business owners and going through programs like CEO Roundtables, yeah. um, went through Goldman Sachs, yeah. 10,000 Small Business Program, Leadership Baton Rouge. 
really trying to sort of integrate myself with others who were doing the same things. And what that did was it just, it's taught me a lot because yeah. I didn't, I didn't know how to run a business. I, did, sure. I knew how to do the work, but right. I, I didn't know how to run a company. Yeah. So I really invested my own time into getting better about that. Right. And I learned a lot about leadership through yeah. that process. I like to think of my sort of leadership style as servant leadership. Mm-hmm. I really just believe in that goes back to my faith, you know, yeah. not just in business, but in life, yeah. but just, the idea of serving others and right. that is such an important part of you know how I think the team is led here right. is it's really about the team yeah. it's not about what I need what I want but how can I help you yeah and that really I think has been effective I think it's interesting that you, you share that so I'll be speaking on my own company you know I work with them we talked a little bit briefly so um doing the podcast but I work full-time for enterprise holding companies still a family-owned business to this day owned by the Taylor family even though it's a multi-billion dollar organization, it's still family, which is kind of crazy in today's, in today's world. But preaching a lot about leadership is really, really important. And it's cool to hear you talk about, hey, you know what, recognizing that and then investing in yourself. I feel the same way too. I have a team of folks and I I went through the same transition which was like, I'm very focused on what I do and I know I'm, I have a skill set I'm good at and I try to kind of just make sure everybody can replicate that skill set or, or emphasize what they're good at but then realizing there's so much more that goes to it as a leader. And then it, for me, it was like an aha moment. Like maybe I thought I was a good leader, but I'm really not as good as I thought I was. <laughs> um, like when you get around somebody who's really good, you're like, Oh yeah, that's, uh, yeah. I have some room to grow. Yes, absolutely. <laughs> and, and I think, you, well, and I'll say this, cause I think you, you hear this all the time, but I think the being vulnerable yeah. And really being transparent and yes. being open yes. about situations and yes. where you are and your own faults and your yes. own, you know, struggles. That's really where it's at. I agree with you. you 100%. And I think I've had moments where I've kept things inside. I yes. feel like, oh, I don't want my team to know. Yes. I, don't, I don't want them to be disappointed. I don't want them to be nervous about where we are as a company. Right. And so you hold certain things back at times. Right. And I found that when I let that go mm-hmm. and just opened up and yeah. it's like everybody comes together. Yeah. You know? And we had a tremendous year this year with, with yeah. that very thing happening. Yeah. And um, we've had our, our biggest year of growth this year. Yeah. And I think that stepping back, letting go, also yeah. having to feel like you kind of need to orchestrate and you control need everything. This image you and you need to, right. Uh, you've got to trust the people that right. are with you and, and let yeah. them do their thing. Was there an aha moment where you like felt that way or? Yeah, there yeah. was, there was, there was a, a struggle, you know, that we had really at the beginning of this year, we had some downtime. We were slow, you know, yeah. the work wasn't coming in and, yeah. and it wasn't enough for what we needed. And, right. you know, I really did question what, what are we going to do? Right. Do I need to lay off a couple of people? Yeah. You know, tough, tough decisions. Right. Very, right. very tough. It's the hard. It's the hardest part yeah. about being a business owner. Is, yeah. Is having to make those calls. I can imagine. It's people's livelihoods. It is, yeah. and you know, I decided not to do that and mm-hmm. and stick it out and mm-hmm. just put all of my own personal resources into getting us back on track. And it took some time, but at that time, I really opened up and revealed a lot of things to the team. Yeah. And that was. For me personally, such a big moment of growth. Yeah. And it was like almost just night and day. It was like yeah. from the time we had an offsite meeting and yeah. I shared everything that was going on. Yeah. And I mean, that very like next month, fire. it literally was the best month, quarter, six months, you know, now nine months that we've ever had as a company. That's awesome. So that's awesome. That's really cool to hear. Usually there's always that aha moment. I yeah. mean, I had when anybody talks to it has that aha moment. 
I can't agree with you more on the transparency. But not, not just transparency on the good, it's the transparency on the oh, bad. Yeah. It's just everything. My aha moment was, I forgot what it was, but I was, I had the same thing. I would have somewhat of a mirage. Like you would get a filtered opaque view of like who, where I stood on everything. But I like would temper every, every response. And there was a moment where I was like, I think I was sick. I was tired. And I was like, <laughs> just came in one day. I was like, this isn't good. Like, I just want to be honest. Here's where we are. It's not a good direction. And if we don't change it, we're going to be here. And it was kind of like, and it was uncomfortable for me. Like I never, oh, I yeah. usually would always be very like, we're going to think, think, you know, Hey, this is what we're going to be fine. We're going to work these. I was like, it's not good. It's not good right now. I'm really tired. I'm sick. <laughs> I feel good. And this is really bad. I'm like, let me peel this onion back. Like here's everything. And everyone was like, okay, like what do we got to do? I'm like, we got to do this, 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 and this. And I'm like, I'll do that. I'm like, I should have done that right. a year ago. <laughs> I'm sorry, Bobby. That's okay. But that's really cool to hear. And then not only that aha moment, but what's come from it. So you talk about the best year. So you had some recognition recently, right? Earlier yes. this year. So I guess from 2018? From 2018. Okay. So tell us about that. What was so the recognition? Um, that was, so we're a certified woman-owned business. I belong to the WBEC, which is Women's Business Enterprise Council South. And they are a organization that represents and supports women-owned businesses at over a region of five states. And they had recognized Drew and, and myself as what they called a rising star. So we got this rising star award for 2018. And okay. it was really based around they come in and to get certified, it's really intense. There's a lot of paperwork. They look at all your financials. Yeah. They come actually have site visits. They meet with you. Wow. It's it's pretty intense to get the, the certification. Right. And so they see everything. Yeah. And so they awarded us with Rising Star Award, which just means that of all of the WBEs in the group, they saw Brew as an innovator and and showing a proven trajectory of growth. Right. Which, you know, is pretty cool. That's awesome. So they wow. saw that we were kind of coming up and on the rise. And yeah. Um, they recognized us for that. I don't know if you can find two better categories as a business owner to be no. recognized. <laughs> I know. Innovator in business and proven trajectory growth. Absolutely. Um, Very proud. Those are two pretty good standards. Thank you. <laughs> That's yes. awesome. Congratulations. Thank you. Well, well-deserved. That's really, really great. So you go through this history. So 10 years of this evolution, you have your aha moment, best year ever. If we were to sit three years from now, so three years we come back and we have a visit, what would make you jump out of your chair and say, we did it? What's that three-year goal or maybe that five-year goal that would get you super excited? I like the way you phrase that question. I think, you know, I just want to see us continue the path of growth. Mm-hmm. It's really important to, to me that we pull that off. I have a very competitive nature. Okay. So I just love the idea of continuing to build yeah. this. But I also think that what would really seal the deal for success for me is just that I could continue to grow the company and we can continue to build a team but that the true purpose of why I originally founded the company mm-hmm. is still the most important thing. Yeah. And that, that we don't lose sight of. Yeah. You know, and that really is what I was telling you a minute yeah. ago, which is goes back to you know, creating a really open work environment for people who need flexibility and mobility and have families and yeah. you know, that work is not the most important thing here. And yeah. we need it for you know, our livelihood, but, Absolutely. Um, but that's not really what this is all about. And so if that is still true, yeah. I don't care how big we get or really yeah. how small we get for that matter, but just that would be ideal is Got to maintain it. that and, um, but still see the growth. Yeah. You know, and I think too, that the team, the, the other part I didn't say about the leadership question you asked a minute yeah. ago was that 
it's really important to me that we set people up for success in their own futures. Sure. And so what is really each person's career goals? What do they want to accomplish? What do they want to get out of this career? How do they want to grow? And what do they really enjoy doing? And so we kind of build our team and our org chart around that. Mm-hmm. And so if I'm making those things happen for the crew, then that's the dream. Yeah, that's awesome. I think it's good that, you know, it's interesting when I ask that question that sounds like for you, it's not so much about a metric, but it's about right. it's about what's at the core of your business and does that sustain? Right. Yeah, that's, awesome. that's it. Absolutely. I want to expand on that a little bit more. So you talk about part of what, at least in my understanding, you make this transition and one of that big motivators was you have a family. So you're one of the main things that it's important in your life is your business, but so is your family. And you wanted to create a life that allows you to, to have both on a high pedestal. And so it sounds like that's also really important for all of your team members. So how do you do that? Like, how does that execute it? So when you say you want to, you want to keep that, what does that look like? How does that work with when you say flexibility? What does that mean to you? Well, we have a very, very flexible work environment. There's structure around it. Sure. You know, we have, we have office hours. Yep. But essentially, our office hours are Monday through Thursday from okay. 8.30 to 3.30. Okay. And really, you can work your schedule around that. We've got people that come in, you know, extra hours during the week, Monday through Thursday, and then take off early Friday. And even that is, I feel like is, there's still so much flexibility in that, you yeah. know, when people have things to do, kids, <laughs> kids stuff. Some of us have little kids. Yeah. And when you have school events to go to that you just go, just go, yeah. please go take care of that. You know, don't feel bad or guilty. Like the work will be there later. Yeah. And that's really important to yeah. make sure we maintain that part. So that's, awesome. that's the schedule side. And then we also just have very mobile work environment because that was really important to me. Yeah. I worked a lot of baseball fields and yep. football yep. fields. Yep. And, you know, with my boys, I'm always on the go with them and I needed yeah. to be able to take my work with me when yeah. I couldn't. So, so we are set up that way. And I mean, look, I know now that's just kind of the norm, but yeah. 10 years ago, that yeah. really actually wasn't no, happening. Nobody was big, doing that. Yeah. So that was kind of how we set up back then yeah. and still operate like that now. Re- reason I like to ask that question. And this is for those who are listening, I agree. Go back 10 years. It's Monday through Friday, 8 to 5. Mm-hmm. That's, that's just culture norms of the U.S. Every culture is different. You go somewhere else, way different. But here, 8 to 5, that's what it was. For those who haven't made that change or want to make that change, might look at something like that and say, well, gosh, I get productivity from 8 to 5. If I were to all of a sudden remove 20%, <laughs> more than 20% of the actual work hours from my how do I make sure that that standard or what I'm trying to accomplish is still achieved? So you have that flexibility. How does that, how does that, how do you create that culture? How do you still achieve what you're looking to achieve on such a flexible term like that? Yeah, it's, it's hard. It's really hard to be honest with you. There's, it takes a certain type of person to be able to work and thrive in an environment yeah. like this where there's so much flexibility. Sure. Um, some people really need structure and sure. they just can't function if they don't have an office to go to right. and four yeah. set of walls and they're yeah. you know in their space. If I see my and TV so, right there, it's gonna be hard not to. That's right. So you know, and and some people can't work from home, but we leave yeah. it really open to really just do what's best for you. We yeah. encourage that. It's yeah. like what we always ask, even in our interview, what's your best work environment? Where do you work best? And we right. try to understand that when we hire so that we know that the person would be a good fit for this. Right. 
it also takes a big self-motivator. You've got to be a, a self-motivated person. And yeah. If you're not, you won't really survive here right. in this in this environment. Right. And managing it is difficult and it takes a lot of trust. Yeah. And you know, there's times where it's difficult. And um, when you don't see someone every day, right. you don't necessarily know what they're doing. Or sure. How do you really know what they're working on? Yeah. But we've really implemented some cool stuff. I mean, we do daily cuddles. We meet every morning for 15 minutes and everybody talks about their list, you yeah. know, and what, what are you doing for the day? Yeah. And that's our quick little startups. Love it. Yeah. Just a jump quick, start for the day. Quick check in, quick get the heartbeat of what we got and, going on. Yeah. The and, and then what we do too is implement those that work at home. When they do work at home, we try to implement a sort of check-in, check-out policy, which is just let us know when you're starting for the day. Let us know when you're ending for the day. And at the yeah. end, just send a list of what you got done. Got and it's it. kind of a good little accountability thing, you know, that helps with like managing that. the flexible work right. environment. Right. But it really works. And it's great, you know. And I think for me, I always thrived in that. Yeah. I found that when you are more flexible with your workspace, your environment, that you can be more creative. And right. It's hard to do the same thing every day in the same place, looking at the same walls, <laughs> yeah. and, and especially in what we do. Yeah. So. Well, you can't. Sometimes you can't force creativity too, or you, or you, you can. No, you can't. But you can foster it, yeah. and so I think it's really interesting that you share. I, I think that's really great. You know, I I agree with you. I was curious to hear your answer on it. I'm going to reference somebody else, but Landon Snow, who who, who we talked a lot about culture, and that's essentially what he does. Is is a, but talking about intentionality behind your culture, right. and it sounds like you're very intentional of the culture. And I don't think you can achieve it without being intentional about it. And I think that's just the little things that you talk about, about, Hey, it's flexible, but here's why it sounds like hiring is a, a big part of it. Like hiring the right person and making sure that they fit with the culture of the team to say, hey, I'm going to give you this flexibility. Right. But at the same time, here's the vision. Here's what we're working towards. Right. And then how do we break that down to smaller for the daily with the check in the check out and how does that going to ultimately get us to our end goal? Right. That's really cool. Thank you. And I think we can stand to improve. You know, I think we're working towards getting better about being. And I think it's always been intentional. And I've always been extremely intentional in yeah. what we're doing, why we're doing it. There's no doubt. But I don't think I've always been the best about communicating that. Yeah. <laughs> and I think that is yeah. where I've, I've seen that growth in my own self and, and being yeah. better leaders to just trying to share those things more often and not assume that people know and yeah. not assume that people understand that. Sure. I might say it when I hire you, but then if I forget to say it down the road, right. that goes out the window. Exactly. And so, you, you know, you got to kind of keep encouraging it. And I think yeah. that's something that I just want to continue to do more of because I actually don't think I'm doing it enough. Yeah. You know, it's but an honest, honest self-evaluation. It really, yeah. yeah. <laughs> it, it is. It's the truth. <laughs> No doubt, we all. I think we all stand to improve in any in any one area. But that's interesting. No, I think I think it's great. I mean, kudos to what what you're sharing. I think it's I think it's awesome. I mean, doing all the right things is, is building that culture. And, and I think it's cool that you do provide that because it's a changing times so and there's a lot of demanding on families. And, and yeah. so by providing that, I think I would imagine um, I don't walk through your halls every day, but yeah. I imagine your team's pretty appreciative of that. Yeah, I hope so. So, is there been any any big mentors in your life that have helped influence you that you'd want to that you'd say is kind of guided you or helped you in any way? Oh, uh, see, this is you a could. question I wish I would have had in advance. I love <laughs> I, it. So I could really think about it. I love there's it. Been so, there's been so many people. Yeah. There's been so many people along the way. Yeah. I mean, I've had just, I wish I could name them all. Um, my 
my dad is always my rock, yeah. you know, when I'm really having a tough time, I just call him and yeah. talk it through. He was never a business owner, but yeah. you know, the wisdom of your father, you can't really good old dad. deny that. Yeah. And then there's just been some good people in my life. I mean, I think Lawrence Sloan, uh-huh. I don't know if you know him. Okay. Um, Post-Trauma Institute, I believe, of Bannerge's okay. company. Awesome. He was a client of mine when I first started, and he was loved the idea of mentoring. And yeah. he offered his time to sit with me, and it was right when I was getting started. And yeah. I just hired one, yeah. maybe was hiring the second person. Yeah. yeah, I had coffee with him for a, a number of months, a few times, just and he looked at things and helped guide me. Yeah. Um, that was kind of the first one that stepped in that yeah. I thought was really cool from yeah. the outside. And then since then... There's just been so many people that through Goldman Sachs, through mm-hmm. leadership at Rouge, through that just friendships and relationships that I've developed that really cultivated yeah. the mentoring, you know, yeah. and so the group mentoring has been great. Those programs, that's yeah. really what those programs are all about. Right. Completely changed right. my ability to see past what was right in front of me and right. exposed to the possibilities that were way beyond what I ever imagined that they could. Right. And and then just learning, you know, yeah. how to how to actually run a business, how to really handle <laughs> your finances, how yeah. to handle legal and, and building the resources that yeah. you need to have even if you don't know how to do those things. Right. Finding people that do and hiring them. Right. <laughs> and not thinking you can do it all on your own. Right. Yeah. Um, so yeah, so I letting I wish go I, of some of that of the reins and trusting absolutely. somebody with their skill set. Yeah. That's hard. And really, I just, I mean, I want to thank God because that is a true rock for me too. You sure. know, when I, when I'm going through troubles, I, I pray and yeah. that's gotten me through a lot. Yeah. So that guidance yeah. is actually really driven who I am yeah. you know, today. And right. it's a big part of, I think it's good that you have, I mean, it's he's the ultimate source of power and influence. That's it. Uh, that's right. That's awesome. That's awesome. Curious your thoughts on this. So you have, when you first started off, it sounds like you mentioned the leadership BR and the CEO roundtable and then just lots of people who poured into you. It sounds like Lawrence was one of the early people who yeah. was it difficult for you to take to take mentoring or was it easy? It was really easy for me. Okay. Yeah. But my both of my parents were college professors okay. for many years. So yeah. teaching was always a big part of my life, you know, yeah. because of them. Yeah. And so, and, and so I love to mentor. Yes. I, yeah. I love to mentor and work okay. with people. That is a big, big part of who I am as well. So that was going to be the next question is then taking that and mentoring others. Yeah, um, I, I think so. You know, yeah. I, I've been able to do that here in the company, yeah. um, really wanting to see the team succeed and yeah. helping them get to that point and yeah. guiding them along the way. has been really rewarding. Yeah. You know, I would love the opportunity to mentor someone on the business side now because yeah. I think I've been knowing my own work and been yeah. able to mentor in that capacity. Right. Spiritual mentoring has been also sure. a big part of it. That's yeah. that's. I feel like I can check that box too, which right. is great. But the business mentoring, I think, would be kind of cool. It would be yeah. my next step. I would that's love awesome. to help someone who's trying to start right a company. It's interesting because when you say that, the reason I ask that question is everybody people go either one way or the other. For me personally, I found that, as you said, you were really competitive. Yes. And so I'm really competitive, like really competitive. I'm like the guy who like plays Monopoly and then I'll like put you bankrupt super quick. And I'm like, 
she's eight that you're really, I'm like, I don't care if it's your niece. Like you uh-huh. can play. <laughs> this is how business works. Just, you don't ever, you got to buy boardwalk when you land on it. Never leave it open. <laughs> That's right. Okay. We would, yeah. Okay. I want to play. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, you. yeah. We have, uh, we'll invite Steph's. Steph and I, we get heated. We'll just do one-on-one matches. You, we'll, have a, we'll have a big party. We'll do Monopoly. It'll go down. That's It'll awesome. be crazy. <laughs> so but I'm super, I'm super competitive. But for me, it was difficult to get mentoring. Like that was one of the, actually one of the biggest steps for me was getting mentoring. Like being okay with yeah. somebody wanting to invest in you. Like I was always very, I'm gonna like I, I can get there by myself. Like I'll figure it out. And that was that was terrible. <laughs> And so, yeah, oh, I can see that. Yeah. I mean, and, and I guess so. It's it's hard to take criticism. It's hard to you know see where things are you're not doing well. But right. definitely, that's not been yeah. necessarily an issue. Yeah. I think I've been very open about. Well, even if it's even if it's a felt like it was, I'm the only one taking and not realizing because now that you mentor, yeah. I'm sure you get a lot of value and fulfillment in being able to mentor. Absolutely. Yeah. And I think it's recognized. That was for me recognizing that like when somebody wanted to pour down, it's like, I feel like I'm just taking from you. Yeah. Like there's no, I don't have anything to give you. Yes. And then not recognizing the value that allowing them to mentor you is the value you give back. And now that I've done that, I love when somebody comes and asks me a question and says, Hey, Jason, I, of course, I'm like, yeah, let's get coffee. I would love to. And they come like, no, I'm like, dude, I, this is, just as great for me. I, I've had so many people who poured into my life that have been such an influence that like thirst for the opportunity to give it, to pass it forward. And so recognizing and letting go of some of that too is oh, a big cool. part of it. Yeah. It's really cool. So you have some mentors. Okay. For, we'll get into some, some tactics, some specific stuff that people can use right away. If you had to say, so we talked about people, uh, any books, any one, maybe one to three books that's greatly influenced your life so that you'd want to reference. Yes, I am actually reading currently The Five Dysfunctions of a Team. Okay. That's really a great book. Is that Patrick Patrick Lencioni. Okay. I'm not quite sure if that's the pronunciation. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Actually, someone in the office gave me that book a year or two ago to read. Um, Very famous book. Yes. And he, I didn't read his other book, but there was um, a conference that he went to and he spoke and he talked about sort of the three most important values Mm-hmm. in a person, you know, when you're looking to hire. So those, th- that was really revealing in so many ways. Mm-hmm. And the content of this book is what led the big reveal at the beginning of this year, that yeah. offsite meeting okay. kind of drove a lot of the discussion because uh-huh. the things they talk about are inattention to results is one dysfunction, uh-huh. avoidance of accountability, lack of commitment, Fear of conflict and the absence of trust. Yeah. And those dysfunctions, if you can overcome those things, that that's when you have a really strong team. And I think the, the biggest thing that I felt like for us was, was just we don't have any conflict. And okay. realizing it's the one I circled. Yeah, but realizing that that's not good. Absolutely. <laughs> that you need conflict and yep. you need to sort of be able to debate. Yeah. and argue and disagree and yeah. do it in a healthy way. In a civil manner, absolutely. So that was a that was a big big one for for me personally, yeah. but I think us as a team to just recognize that we need a little bit more of that. And yeah. that's okay. And so more regular discussions, more honest discussions, you know, feeling safe to I find talk that about that, the issues. When you wrote those down, I literally circled that one. That's it. That like, was the one. That I feel like that's the main one for so many. It's no one wants to 
upset somebody and it's there's no right or wrong way to get anything accomplished multiple routes that you can get to an end and nest destination and so it's being able to have a, a discussion on that and be able to provide opposing viewpoints and then discuss it in a healthy way that fosters a positive environment and right. all that it creates to least right. to results that's how you're going to get anywhere that's that's the biggest though that's the right. biggest one to get around People just don't want to do that. It's hard. It's, hard. it's hard to do it and do yeah. it well. And that takes a lot of encouragement yeah. over yeah. time. The only other one I can think of, because there's been also so many, but the other the other book I can think of is I think it's called Your True North. Okay. And that one's really good too. It's true. it's all about and discovering what your true purpose is and what guides you. And it is a business book, but it it relates to, to that, which like is it. so important. So I like it. So true north, five dysfunctions of a team. So if I could give you a billboard to put up there with one thing on it, like your, this is your quote, this is your message, this is your deal. Give you a billboard <laughs> okay. to put up there. Uh huh. What's your message? What are you putting on that billboard? Um, let's see. I've actually got one okay. right here. I don't yeah, know if you saw good. it. Yeah, good. That's a tough question to be on the spot that you got it. <laughs> Proceed as if. Success is inevitable. I love it. There's no fear. It's just the, and it's true drive and it's just true commitment, you know? And I think even when times are bad and they get scary, you just, you just got to keep pushing and know that things are going to be okay. And that's really kind of, this thing has been sitting on my desk for almost a year. No kidding. Yeah. How'd you find that? Where did that come from? I was in a grocery store. It was, really? on a, it was just on a shelf somewhere. And just I said, oh, new, that's it. Like, hard, like company internal motto. I need it. I need it. There's so many other good ones, but that one has been. I like it. It's a much a more eloquent, eloquent way of saying no fear. That's right. Yeah, I love that. I love it's, that. Yeah. Fear of confrontation. It's, it's the fear of mm-hmm. if you just proceed as if success is inevitable, proceed in it that this is going to work out. Take fear out of the equation. And if you took fear out of the equation, what would you do next? Right. And then all of a sudden you're like, I would go do That's this. It. Then go do that. That's it. That's exactly right. I love it. Okay. Taking notes. We're going to share all this. Okay. So uh, in conclusion, so a few rapid fire questions. These are fun. And so I'm going to go through a couple here. All right. Purchase of $100 or less that has most positively impacted you in the last six months. For those on a budget, you want a cool gift. What's that gift? Hundred dollars or less? That's positively impacted. A you. gift for someone could else. Could be for you. Anything for, for you. You got that you liked, or it could be a gift someone else. Anything that you like. This is really cool. Hundred dollars. I use it. Probably this blanket right yeah. here that I keep it looks super at my comfy. desk. Everyone needs a good, soft, a good. amazing blanket at their desk. Okay, there you go. For yeah. those who don't have. A really good blanket, and you need more productivity. If you don't have it. There's your big. Everything else we talked about, the just you know the function, the dysfunction of building with intentionality, your culture. That's really good, but mostly the blanket. <laughs> you know, it's my go-to. I love it. When I'm having a bad day, I just I love it. it. All right, so blanket. I love it. Okay, what's what's your go-to song when it's time to get to do any like? I need to work. I need to get something creative. I need to whatever. You have that like. Here's who I go to. So this is a good one. Yeah. Okay. And this is kind of a focus. So my go-to music, okay, there's a station on Pandora, and it's called Electronic for Studying Radio. Electronic for Studying. Yes. Okay. So look, I mean, you got to like this kind of, there's no words. What they've done is it's kind of like this cool kind of club music, right? Okay, yeah. They take old movie scores. 
Okay, and I'm already interested. It's, I love it. Movie score, is it like, um, what is it, EDC, electronic dance yes, music? Yes, it is. Is it like fast, like, or no, is it? It's, it's, no, it's more so. melodic. But it's melodic, and okay. then it has a lot of, like, instrument, like piano, and yeah. violin, and what's the violinist, Lindsay something, she's okay. just amazing you talk about, violinist. Yeah. So it's really cool, like, compilation of yeah. different sounds. I love it. That is my focus music. I love it. Okay. Not, not for everybody. Adding but, it to the list. Know, hey, no. Being real here. So uh, I have, I saw a group, me and Stephanie met in um, LSU's Tiger Band. Oh, so, cool. Yeah, so we're both big time musicians. Yeah. And if you were to ask me, like, what do you listen to? What genre am I to this? You can't, I can't yeah, pick I a can. genre. I There's can't no, either. Uh, country, rock, hip hop, classical, opera, Broadway, doesn't matter. Like, if I, if I like the sounds, I'll, I'll listen to it. So I do listen to a good bit of uh, EDC too. I'm going to look that one up. All right, so adding to the list Pandora playlist. Electronic for studying with movie scores. We're cool. All right. So, last question for those in Baton Rouge: best place to get a cup of Joe, best business lunch, favorite dinner spot. I mean, any CC's is good. Shout out to CC's. I mean, we're over here in kind of southeast Baton Rouge, so yeah. I love you know Magpie and all the cool spots kind of yeah. over on that side of town. But we sure. just, I just don't go over there as often, yeah. so. We got a good old Starbucks and CC's right here. They got CC's right there and see Yeah, yeah. That's it. That's my go-to. Lunch spot, I have to say Bistro Byron's. That's a Government of Perkins. Idea. Well, right, it's right here yeah. for us. The yeah. office right here Perkins. is um, off of Perkins. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. I love and Bistro. And then Real dinner. quick before dinner. Yeah. Bistro, what's, your, what's the dish? I mean, shrimp and grits. Shrimp and grits um, is up there. You know, I like their pot roast. It's okay. just a good comfort food. Shrimp and grits is the bomb. Yeah. There. And then their blue cheeseburger. Yes, I've gotten that before too. The blue cheese chips. The blue cheese chips. Yes. Oh my gosh, I can't do them anymore, but I, I have dreams about them. <laughs> That's amazing. <laughs> the blue cheese chips. Are the, love that place. The, uh, I love blue cheese. And then they have, and then I'll let you answer the dinner special. They have the Mardi Gras, the... They do a dish. It's like a king cake, like dessert bread pudding. It's a mm -hmm. king cake bread pudding. Oh my goodness. That's the best. And then their um, mimosas, like smoothie, like frozen mimosas. I don't mimosas. think I've done either of those. Add that. All right. I go. will add that to the list. Frozen mimosa. They do it like a slushy almost, but uh -huh. it's a mimosa, but oh, they freeze no. it overnight. It is incredible. Frozen mimosas for brunch. And then... During season, you can only get it during Mardi Gras. They, the bread pudding's already great, but they do a bread, they do a king cake bread pudding. Wow. It's as good as what you can imagine. Awesome. Awesome. <laughs> All right, dinner spot. Um, okay. Favorite, right? Yeah, You're sure. asking for the yeah. favorite. Or well, you know. I want to get dinner. This is like my go-to. <laughs> so we do a lot of um, agave blue in Prairieville. I okay. live out in Prairieville. Yeah. It's kind of cool. They have the best margaritas. They actually put fresh fruit in like in Prairieville. In Prairieville, yep. It's Where are they in, located? Do you know where the Gold's Gym is? Uh -huh. They're in there. That strip. Yep. Okay. There's a cool. Japanese sushi restaurant yeah. right next to it, Geisha too. That's also okay. really good. We, we do that a lot. I love it. We so, live out that way. Yeah, I'm in Prairieville, so we kind of we stay in our little bubble. You know, we don't sure. come in for dinner much. Agave, agave blue. Okay. And but you can't really go wrong with, I guess, my favorite. Plate dish of all time is Mike Anderson's crab platter. So it's really, oh. I could have anything in the world. That's that's it. Not, not the fried <laughs> one, the 
I love the it. other one. Yep. The broiled, broiled one. Yes, exactly. I love it. Okay. Awesome. All right. So I, I know I'm going to go download uh, Electronic for Studying. I'm going to Agave tonight, <laughs> and uh, I've got my CCs for tomorrow morning. So that's fantastic. Perfect. All right. Thank you again for, thank for coming you so on. Much. This was a lot of fun. This I was really fun. enjoyed it. Good. I appreciate it. Awesome. Good and I questions. think everybody's going to have get a lot of value from, from what you shared oh, here. So thank, thank you. you. I hope so. All right. All right. Well, thank you for everybody for tuning in. Um, again, if you get a chance, give us a like, give us a comment, subscribe, and uh, have a good day. Thanks. Thanks again, y'all. Hope you enjoyed today's episode. Again, don't forget to like, subscribe, give us a little comment, give us some feedback, let us know what you think, or maybe what you'd like to hear on next episode. Appreciate you checking us out. Until next time. Thanks. Thanks.